Hi, I'm so glad that you could make it. Welcome to We Love Blank. This is a podcast where I, Cassie, interview a random person about something that they love. I'm really excited. This week is going to be super awesome if you're really into science or the natural world. So sit back, relax as I talk about salt and Saturn and seismology with my friend Nat as we go into rocks. So, big surprise to anybody who knows me, I brought rocks. Yes! Not not physically, because, you know, it's an audio medium. Do you have pictures of rocks, though? I that have you picture... could send and I can put in show notes? I could, yes. Excellent. Um, we can do that. Rocks! Like, are you talking the thing we love? Is it just, like... Rocks. Like, is there a specific type <laughs> of rock that, like... Well, see, this is, this is part of what I was thinking about i'm like okay there's a lot of things you can do with rocks so um if you want um i could talk more about like general geology um or i could get down to the nitty-gritty of like what is a rock what is a Mm -hmm. you know what makes this rock different from that rock what makes some rocks valuable okay that kind of thing or mm -hmm. you can also talk about dead things that turn into rocks Ooh, that's fun that's fun how about let's start off with what is it specifically about rocks that you like? Like, So uh, I am studying to be a uh, an earth scientist, um, mm-hmm. which is a kind of like a multidisciplinary thing. So okay, yeah. um, it encompasses a number of different aspects. Um, so uh, geology is what people typically think of as your classic uh, earth science, mm-hmm. um, but where I go to school... Um, it's a bit more of a broad discipline. So okay. something like paleontology, paleontology, geology, um, combined disciplines like mm. geodynamics or... Seismology? Is that a word? Seismology, yes. That okay. actually is a... So seismology is the study of earthquakes. I believe that one's a subdiscipline of geology. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so earth sciences is just like the more encompassing term Mm -hmm. so if you like geophysics or volcanoes so you say earth scientist but like theoretically it could also apply to like moon rocks or like mars rocks and stuff like that yes actually that's um Mm -hmm. so like science of earth not science of the earth as a planet well also the science (laughs) of earth as a planet but as other planets we really only know our one planet earth fairly Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. so it is the best model that we know of to also track how things on other planets might work so that's fair the moon actually is a great example because Mm -hmm. the moon is intrinsically tied to its giant rock that used to be part of the earth Mm -hmm. and then as a different rock smashed into hot molten earth Mm -hmm. it then spat out this material which eventually uh because of gravity, crunched into the moon, which yes. is also kind of like Earth's rock. Like, there, mm-hmm. it wasn't like in some other systems where, you know, mm-hmm. rock travels by 
big thing and gets captured, it actually was a part of Earth. Oh. And then it became our beautiful oh. night sky like, rock. No, my brain is... Am I remembering right that, like, Saturn's rings used to be, like, Saturn moons that got, like, pulverized? Okay, so... To clarify, astronomy is not my okay, area of expertise, enough. but um, I do know that Saturn's rings do kind of come from different sources like that. So I believe one of the outmost rings is actually ice and rock and gas that's being emitted from one of its moons mm. and essentially making a big ring around it of debris, essentially. Okay, yeah. Cool. When did you first, like was like, oh man, rocks. I mean, since I was pretty young. So, uh, I actually grew up, um, in, uh, sort of like Southern Ontario. Mm -hmm. Um, and we actually, here we actually are very lucky in that we have a lot of beautiful, uh, geology just around us. Yeah. Um, there. Shields, escarpment. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interesting geological history mm -hmm. um uh in the valley there mm -hmm. is uh, oh you're talking very specifically here well about the valley mm -hmm. and uh the valley that he's talking about here is the ottawa valley which is the area where we live in yeah i mean again you can also cut that bit but yeah mm -hmm. um but around around kind of where the you know st lawrence lowlands butts mm -hmm. up against the uh canadian shield there's mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of geological history there, and mm -hmm. there's yeah, there's just a lot of interesting stuff nearby. There's also uh, mm -hmm. there's also like the Great Lakes of Ontario, mm -hmm. um, which again also has a very rich like geological and yeah. geographical history. Um, mm -hmm. I just kind of grew up with that kind of stuff in mind, so I was mm -hmm. always the kind of person who just sort of walked around checking out all the cool rocks. No, um, sorry to interject. Your dad is a scientist. Is he an earth scientist? No, he okay. is actually an analytical chemist. So. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like a... I'm picturing like a scene from Pocahontas, except with instead of John Smith, it's like baby you. And instead of the colors of the wind, it's like the colors of the rocks or something like that. Not, not quite. No, no. Um, oh, man. No, and again, I mm -hmm. I do also I do also study chemistry as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very useful tool for understanding things like rocks. Um, but that's probably going into a little bit too much detail of like, oh, chemical compositions of rocks and like how we how rocks turn into other rocks and that whole process. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know how in depth you wanted to go with that, but I mean, we can. We'll see where the conversation takes us. Fair enough. So yeah, uh, I just grew up in a place that has a lot of mm -hmm. interesting rocks, mm -hmm. um, and uh, more recently, kind of across, uh, I have family in different parts of Canada now mm -hmm. as well, so, and um, again, friends in like the States, yeah. where there are other interesting, where there are other interesting and relevant materials to my study, mm -hmm. um, raw, again, mm -hmm. this ranges from fossils mm -hmm. to, okay, yeah, this is where, this is where my brain goes. But yeah, like sediment. I can't remember because there's those three broad categories. Okay, you I know what? Only remember sedimentary ever. Okay, well, actually, you know what? This is a great place to start because okay. um, yes. there are three. Okay, first of all, do you know what the difference between a rock and a mineral is? Oh man, I was just I just saw because there is this post going around about how 
for the most part, we don't eat rocks, except for one specific rock, and then everyone was like, well, technically, salt's a mineral, not a rock. Um, so, in conclusion, no. Okay. So, yeah. So, first of all, yes. the distinguishment between a rock and a mineral, it's it's not arbitrary. There is a method to it. Is it like succulents and cacti type of, or like squares and rhombuses, or like that sort of thing? Uh, succulents and cacti... Is a plant thing. I am. uh, I only deal with plants if they've been dead for millions of years. So, like in the general sense that, like all squares are rhombuses, but not all rhombuses are squares. If I oh, um, kind of. Okay. So a mineral has to be, I believe, four things. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first one is it has to be solid. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have a liquid or a gas or Mm -hmm. hot plasma, it's not a mineral. Okay. So air is not a mineral. What? Okay, that makes that makes sense based off of my knowledge of the universe. Second, it's yeah, they need to be naturally occurring. Okay, so yeah. if we if we as humans decide we're going to make glass, mm-hmm. that isn't considered a mineral because that's considered man-made. Although there are like, naturally occurring forms of glass. Fulgurite is that glass? It's when lightning hits a beach. Oh, yes, that is considered a It's a mineral but might not yeah, no, no, no. no. It's considered a window. I don't think based off of my pictures. So yeah, it needs it needs to be naturally occurring. Mm-hmm. So again, so something like again, glass is usually the go to example because mm-hmm. uh, uh, silicon dioxide, which is again what that sand is essentially made out of. It's mm-hmm. just little bits of quartz. Um, so there's a lot of quartz in the world. Yep, yep. Silicates are silicates are some of my favorite. There's a lot of interesting and complex relationships between them, and they are everywhere. Okay, I was going to ask you any later anyways, but while we're on the subject, what is your favorite rock? Uh, my favorite rock, as in, like, an individual specimen? Or, like, because I do have a favorite mineral. If you want to, like, separate it into different, because you can definitely do that. Okay, like, so... Like, this is my favorite rock, this is my favorite specimen, this is my favorite mineral, you can do that. That's fine. Okay, because, like, my all-time favorite mineral is a labradorite i have some pictures that nat sent me and i will be posting those on the facebook group and if i remember the twitter as well it is a type of plagioclase feldspar it is it was originally found in labrador canada um so again there's that nice there's that nice tie-in to canadian history and geology which again Mm -hmm. is something i'm passionate about so it's the place labrador not the dog I, I mean, me I'm pretty sure it doesn't have to do with the dog, but well, uh, who knows? I will double check when I'm editing this and see. I double checked on Wikipedia and there were no dogs, Labrador dogs involved. It was just the place. Um, so that's your favorite mineral? That's my favorite mineral. Mm-hmm. My favorite rock, mm-hmm. as in rock sample, um, is probably... My favorite rock sample is pretty sentimental. It is a... Trollobite found in a sedimentary rock, which we'll get to in a, in a bit, mm-hmm. but uh, it is a trollobite that I found with my family when I was younger. We were on vacation up in uh, Moosonee, which is in mm-hmm. northern Ontario, mm-hmm. and we found we just found trollobites on the side of the road. What? They were fossilized, millions and millions of years old, mm-hmm. and you could just pick them out of the ground. It was awesome. That's so so cool. 
that one has a special place in my heart yeah. for nostalgic reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like a personal rock collection? I do. It's okay. pretty small at the moment. I I am a student, so I don't really have the room for as large of a collection as I wish I could. Um, you know, but I used to have my own rock collection, but I got rid of it when I was moving one time. Oh, dang. If I had known I would have donated it to you. There was like a really cool, <laughs> like quartz-ish. It looked kind of like quartz, but it was like white and had like, and there was one that kind of looked like a bar of soap, and I don't know what it was, but it was just a cool looking rock that I had. Fun tip from me to you, just give people pretty rocks. Everybody likes a cool rock, especially if it's shiny. It doesn't even need to be like a gem or something fancy like that. Just a cool rock. People love rocks. Did it feel like soap? Uh, No, it was like very rough. Like I probably could have used it as a Humus. Pumice? Yeah, pumice stone or something like that if I'd wanted to. Okay. But the holes were smaller than, like, my pumice stone that I have in my fridge. No, I don't have that in my fridge, in my shower. Okay, yeah. Um, So it is actually possible it could be uh, a pumice, actually. Uh, What color was it? It was, like, it was, like, different colors. So at the top it was, like, an orangey-red, like, rust. Mm -hmm. But then the bottom it was more of, like, a gray, not gray, beige. Okay, but it, it did have holes in it, though, right? Like small ones. Like okay. Thin sides. Hmm. Dang, I wish I had it in front of me now. Sorry, man, if I had known. Uh, it's okay. So, yeah, uh, for definitions, a mineral mm-hmm. is considered... Na- it has to be naturally occurring. Mm-hmm. It has to be inorganic. Mm-hmm. It has to be solid. Mm-hmm. And it has to have a definite chemical composition. Okay. Uh... Which usually means that uh, you can break it down into okay, a repeating structure. So salt is a mineral. Yes. So, well, I, I assume you're talking. Like yeah, if you're talking table like salt. yeah, yeah. Uh, which in in geologist speak we usually call that halite uh, because there are a couple different types of salt. Really. Yes. So a salt is actually a, it's more of like a chemistry term that just refers to any uh, ionic substance. Oh. Um, so if, if, for example, you take, if you can take, you can take just about anything and call, you can take lots of different compounds will have salt versions of them. Uh, a lot of, uh, if you ever have any like medications and they say, and they say, uh, hydrogen chloride on it, it means that it's actually the salt form of an organic compound. Mm -hmm. So... It just means that it's in an ionic state, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to, as opposed to a neutral compound. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, so bath salts mm-hmm. are usually more magnesium. Yeah, they're magnesium usually sulfate or something. Yeah. So anything with sulfate or, mm-hmm. so yeah, stuff with sulfates and mm-hmm. phosphates are also considered salts, mm-hmm. even though, uh, even though they aren't made in the same way as some other. Salts. So, um, yeah, so salt, like table salt, which again we call halite, is Mm -hmm. sodium chloride. So you take one atom of sodium and Mm -hmm. one atom of chlorine, Mm -hmm. and they'll swap electrons Mm -hmm. and become a sodium ion and a chloride ion, Mm -hmm. and then they get stuck together. So that is considered halite. You sprinkle it on your fries, it tastes real good. Mm -hmm. Um, They usually exist as uh, deposits from lakes. Or sometimes from, or uh, if you ever get sea salt, they actually mm-hmm. just take buckets of water and dry it out, and what's left is actually a salt mixture. Mm-hmm. So 
again, in something like seawater, you actually get a couple different minerals. In so, it. like, when I go to the grocery store and I buy sea salt, I'm not just getting sodium chloride. Yes. Um, so that's one of... Yeah, there'll be a mix of potassium. Mm -hmm. There'll be... Uh, there'll probably be a bit of magnesium there. Mm -hmm. uh, you might get some. You might get uh, other things in small traces, like okay. uh, sulfates and phosphates. But again, mm -hmm. mostly mm -hmm. it's going to be sodium chloride. Yeah. Um, some of the other more... Other salts are important for other reasons, though. Mm -hmm. So uh, potassium chloride, uh, which can be referred to as sylvite, mm -hmm. is... Uh, if any of you have tried any of those no-salt salts... Um, that taste sort of weirdly bitter. Mm -hmm. Those are usually, they usually replace the sodium with potassium, oh, okay. which is chemically very similar, mm -hmm. but it is a larger atom and it's essentially one row down on the periodic table. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it does not taste quite the same. Mm -hmm. You do still get some of that salty taste, but it also has this weird bitterness to it. Um, and it's actually, it is actually good for you. Uh, potassium mm -hmm. is a super important. Yeah. Potassium is super important for uh, certain biological functions. It can help with, like, menstrual cramps or, like... Yep. I, yeah, yeah, it's needed for muscle things, yeah. so um, that doesn't surprise fun me. Fun story. So I had a friend in high school who was, like, a very tiny human, like, often got mistaken for an eight-year-old when she was 18 types of tiny. Mm -hmm. And one day she just went absolutely hog-wild on, like, a bunch of banana bread banana muffins and like ate a couple of bunches of bananas and then had to accidentally gave herself potassium poisoning and have to go to the hospital. Okay. So, uh, good news. That's actually very difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> potassium. <laughs> yeah. Sodium and potassium mm -hmm. are pretty easily processed by the body. They yeah. do a lot of but important she jobs. A lot in a short time and she was very tiny. Like she looked like a strong wind could break her legs type of tiny. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, for the record, don't, don't worry about that too much. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to overdose on potassium, but mm -hmm. fair point. Um, if you ever want me to talk about poisons in medicine, let me know. Cause that's another <laughs> thing I'm fond of, but if you'd like to hear more about that, shoot me an email. Let me know. It's we love blank podcast at gmail.com. That would be super great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, so those are considered minerals. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are a couple different, yeah, so those are usually uh, formed as what are called evaporite minerals. So mm -hmm. if you have a lake, mm -hmm. if you have a lake that's fairly salty, mm -hmm. and then over the course of hundreds, thousands, uh, sometimes as many as millions of years, mm -hmm. the lake will slowly evaporate. Yeah. Or if you have a more desert climate, which mm -hmm. is, or if you have a climate like in a desert where it's more prone to mm -hmm. flooding and then drying out and then flooding and then drying out. Yeah. You can get deposits of these minerals because they get mm -hmm. carried by the water. Mm -hmm. And then once the water evaporates away, mm -hmm. it leaves these little clumps of minerals yeah, in deposits. Salt mining was like a punishment for people in the Roman Empire, I'm pretty sure. Yep. It is a very important resource. We need it to function and it tastes great. <laughs> so that's a bonus. Yeah. Um, keeps food fresh. And what, and, and it can be very, uh, backbreaking because often these lake deposits are not in easy to get places mm. they could be deep often they're deep underground mm -hmm. uh and it can be a very stressful task for people to mm -hmm. mine those salts mm -hmm. and essentially feed the back of an empire yeah um use it to pay your soldiers that's where because 
your some people would get paid instead of like in gold, they'd get paid in salt, and that was the salarium, which is where we get the word salary. Oh, fun! So this and thing tasty that was this thing that was considered like sacred or really expensive and important and like kept the empire running. We now toss on the street in the winter time so that we can walk and drive. Uh, I believe those are actually I believe those are actually magnesium based salts though. They're not actually oh my god. Well no they are salts, but yeah. I believe they're a mixture. Okay. I because didn't know that. Yeah, so that actually, that's actually a whole other deal. Um, that's more the chemistry side talking. Okay. Um, so when you throw road, when you throw road salt mm-hmm. on the ground, mm-hmm. it depresses the, it essentially wants to become a solution again, like salt water. Yeah. Um, and it would rather be in that than in its ice form. Mm-hmm. But one of the things is you can only do that so much mm. with one type of salt. But if you actually mix the types of salts that are together, you can actually decrease that we can decrease the freezing point even more. So, because I know that, like, if I'm making ice cream, you add a little bit of salt in it so that it doesn't form solid crystals, and you get that sort of creamy texture to it. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting. That theoretically, I could get some of that potassium chloride and mix that in with the salt, with my sodium chloride salt, and have even smoother, creamier ice cream. I wouldn't go that far uh, because I have no personal experience with. Uh, <laughs> Ice cream smoothness based on uh, salt content, although that does sound like something I would research, but yeah. Um, there you go. And also a lot of it just has to do with availability now. Mm. Um, it's, while something like gold only exists in small quantities on the earth, that's mm. kind of why we value why we value it, plus yeah. along with its, uh, you know, physical properties, mm-hmm. but we found a lot more salt mines mm-hmm. Uh in places that are not Europe. Mm-hmm. So that has that has a certain draw to it in terms of uh, the financial value. Mm-hmm. And while it was while it was definitely like a valuable commodity, mm-hmm. especially to anybody who lives in like a coastal place, yeah. it is still easy enough to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing is always transporting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the way that our modern our modern industrial complexes work. Mm -hmm. Transporting is, we transport stuff all the way around the world. Getting back to what you mentioned earlier, uh, there are three main types of rocks. Okay, yeah. There's the sedimentary rocks, Mm -hmm. there are metamorphic rocks, and there are igneous rocks. Okay, so let me try my knowledge and then you can tell me how wrong I am. Sounds good. Sedimentary rock happens a lot on like coastlines where it's like, like it's the sediment that like fuses together over time. And that's the one where you can see, like, layers of it, like in the Badlands, if you go there, Alberta. (laughs) So I was saying the Badlands in general, but what I meant at the time was specifically hoodoos, which are these cool rock formations. Definitely take a look at Google Images, or if you're near Alberta and Drumheller and the dinosaur digs there, check it out as well. There's, like, a bunch of hiking trails that you can do. Uh, They're super awesome shapes and sizes, and they are, in fact, made out of sedimentary rock. You're making faces. It's making me nervous. <laughs> no, no, continue, continue. Um, if I'm remembering this right, which I might not be, I might be mixing them up, but metamorphic is when, like, you get some types of rocks that kind of just, like, shrimp together, and they're not as sedimentary. It kind of looks more uniform, whereas metamorphic, you'll get, like, bits sticking out more and then igneous is like obsidian and volcano rocks 
Okay. And it's hot. Okay, that actually wasn't that bad. I know you feel like, by the look on your face, you are probably terrified that you might have... Can you tell? Because my voice just went up like 60 octaves. Maybe, maybe. Um, so yeah, that wasn't too bad. Okay. There were a lot of little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as an overall, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good go. So, yeah. So, I'm going to start with Igneous Rocks, because okay. they're kind of, in my opinion, the easiest to understand. Mm-hmm. And are a great starting point. Alright. So, an igneous rock is when you... An igneous rock is kind of like a fondue. It is when you actually have the minerals Mm -hmm. melt down and Mm -hmm. essentially make kind of like a soupy... Lava. Yeah. So, volcanic rocks are a very obvious and easy example of igneous rocks. Igneous is fire in Latin. Yes. Because you need a lot of heat to... You need a lot of heat to generate the melting that's required. Yes, my etymology knowledge is not failing me. So yeah, um, so if you have granite countertops, mm-hmm. those were created deep in the those were created deep in the Earth's crust mm-hmm. as heat and pressure combined together to just melt melt those good feldspars and quartz into a nice mm-hmm. solid chunk of rock. Um, question. Mm-hmm. This might be tangential, but I don't care because I want to know. How does, if it's formed in the, the Earth's crust, how does it get up to where we can, like, interact with it without spontaneous combustion? Not spontaneous combustion, just regular combustion. It wouldn't be spontaneous if you're so close to the Earth's mantle. Yeah. Um, well, usually at that point, the combu- there actually wouldn't be any combustion just because all that stuff is already burnt off. Oh, yeah. But for the most part, it depends on the type of rock. Okay. Uh, for example, again, going back to volcanoes, mm-hmm. volcanoes are a really easy to understand example because mm-hmm. you can see the hot, the hot rocks down below flowing out and becoming cooler rocks on the surface. Mm-hmm. That's one example. Um, it can also happen. It can also happen as uh, plates shift. Okay. So, at, for example, mm-hmm. if you are near, if you are on the coast of British Columbia, mm-hmm. there is there are all different types of coastal reactions happening there mm-hmm. so it can be so there's again there's the volcanic where it just kind of bubbles up as mm-hmm. as fresh molten rocks mm-hmm. it can also happen more slowly where it gets baked and that where again it gets slowly baked and then cools off more slowly and then over time over time stuff either gets eliminated off the top revealing revealing this rock that was made deep in the earth mm-hmm. and then it gets get sheared off Mm-hmm. Things can also get moved around by glaciers. Mm-hmm. There are... How we get the rocks we do is actually a very interested and nuanced question. Mm-hmm. I And it might actually make a little bit more sense if I go into some of the other types of rocks first, actually. Okay, we can um, do that. Yeah, so igneous rocks, again, think volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for metamorphic rocks... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to do metamorphic rocks next because they are sort of related. And there actually do exist certain rocks, uh, I believe called... Migmatites, and they have they actually have uh, a mix of metamorphic and igneous so so what essentially happens is with metamorphic rocks instead of having like a fondue Mm -hmm. where you melt the whole stuff down and make a make a mixture Mm -hmm. it's more like baking so if you Mm -hmm. apply some amount of heat and or pressure Mm -hmm. to a to a rock Mm -hmm. 
it can essentially coax some of the minerals into changing into different forms. So kind of, again, like what you were saying earlier, if you have, mm-hmm. if you have a rock that has a lot of quartz in it, mm-hmm. uh, under the right pressures and under the right pressure and heat, you can take that sort of more generic mixed up rock mm-hmm. and get all the quartz to combine together. And under that kind of heat and pressure, it can create uh, what are called high-grade metamorphic rocks, mm-hmm. which are the ones like which produce those nice, beautiful crystals so, like, that are where you, where you have mm-hmm. like this weird gray rock beneath it, and then you have these beautiful crystals sprouting oh, out. Okay, yeah, I was about to ask. So, like, amethyst is technically quartz, but it's got like when you talk about like metals or minerals with impurities mixed in, it's through the metamorphic rock making process of like. Like how I can't remember. It. Well, actually, that's Sapphire more. Sapphire ba- and ruby are like technically the same yes. gem. So yeah, that that more ha- that depends on the host rock actually. Okay. So again, if you subject it to the same conditions, mm-hmm. if there are little bits of uh, if there are little bits of iron impurities, mm-hmm. you can get a uh, again for sapphires. I believe it's a, a bluish color. Sapphire's whereas, blue. whereas if you have uh, where if you have a little bit of corundum. In that, uh, no, corundum is, sorry, corundum is the base mineral. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a little bit of chromium, Mm -hmm. if you'll have a little bit of chromium in your corundum, it will actually give it that sort of uh, classic ruby color. Okay. Or you should go see a doctor for chromium in your corundum. No, because then you just have a really pretty ruby. (laughs) You know, that small small amount of chromium makes that rock way more valuable, so. (laughs) Maybe if you have... Chromium and your chromium, your your amethyst. I'm just. It sounds like medical conditions we're talking about here, and that's my joke. Anyway, I am not amused. So, yeah. um, so are like sapphires and rubies examples of like they're made through like the process of baking, metamorphically speaking. Is that an adjective? I just made it one. Who cares? Uh, I don't know that much about uh corundum formation off the top of my head. Mm. Um, but my guess is that. My guess is probably. Usually usually the high quality minerals that we see come from usually high quality minerals that we see come from uh metamorphic rocks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and then that leaves the last one, uh sedimentary rocks, mm-hmm. which uh again, you're definitely on the right track. Yes. The only thing is that while well, coasts are great examples, mm-hmm. sedimentation happens everywhere. Oh yeah, that's fair. So, it's one of those things where cuz like People don't consider it so much mm-hmm. because it it's happening all the time. Yeah. So I believe the statistic is 10%, only 10% of all rocks on Earth are sedimentary, but they cover about 80% of the Earth's surface <laughs> just because all of it happens at the top. So mm-hmm. what happens with sedimentary rocks is you have other types of rocks that get broken down, okay. uh, which is the process called weathering. Yeah. And then they get moved about by a process called erosion. Yes. So, okay. and then over time, they kind of, that's where you get sediment. So mm-hmm. if you go to your nearest beach and just pick up a, pick up a handful of sand, mm-hmm. that is what happens after mm-hmm. anywhere from, yeah, anywhere from like thousands to hundreds of thousands to, again, more years, mm-hmm. you can get, you get these little itty bitty bits of quartz and feldspar 
which are the, the harder minerals, the other mm-hmm. ones that are left that just get swept up onto a beach. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at the bottom of the seafloor, you get much softer, you get much softer, very fine-grained uh, materials just slowly building up over time. Mm-hmm. Again, at the bottom of the seafloor, and then on, and then on land, mm-hmm. if you were to look at a desert, you get the same kinds of minerals. Usually, uh, again, usually, usually quartz. Sometimes a little bit of feldspar, depending on where you are, mm-hmm. because it's the hardest and it's the most durable. Mm-hmm. So, it's the only thing you're going to have left, and mm-hmm. it just kind of, it kind of, uh, it's deposited via air systems instead of or uh, the term is aeolian as opposed to a fluvian system like a river. Okay, fun etymology aside. Uh, Aeolus was a king in Greece who gave, do you know the Odyssey? Odysseus gets a bag of wind and King Aeolus is the one who gave it to him. Neat. Yeah. I double checked this later and I was right. Go me. We're, we've hit the time for like regular content. So I'm going to ask some rapid questions now. Okay. Those being, um, is there anything about rocks that you haven't discussed yet that you're like, oh, wait, before we go one last thing. When you're in the field, sometimes the best answer is to lick the rock. Okay, that's fair. When in doubt, lick the rock. Well, don't. Mm -hmm. Okay, not if it's metallic. If it's metallic, it might kill you. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to tell the difference between, you know, does this thing have potassium in it or does it regular salt, you lick it. Okay. Also, I know that bone fragments stick to the tongue. Yes, that's also true for uh, vertebrate fossils anyways. Oh, fair. Because invertebrates... Don't have Invertebrates bugs. have shells. They have so, shells. Um, all right. Those are pretty smooth. So, next question. If somebody's looking to get more into rocks because they're like, huh, this is much more interesting than I thought it was, where should they be looking? So, outside is a great place to start because it's free. <laughs> uh, I would argue that no matter where you live in the world, there's going to be some in- some something interesting nearby. Um, see if you can get like a local tour guide mm-hmm. to ask like about you know, what sort of geographic or geological features are in your landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a huge proponent of museums, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's, whether you're in uh, Washington mm-hmm. and you get to go to the Smithsonian, or mm-hmm. if you're, if you're here in Canada, uh, Ottawa has some excellent museums. Yeah. The Museum of Nature is one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. So if you do happen to live in Ottawa area, or you're visiting Ottawa, just so you know, uh, there are free museums after five on Thursday, all of the like major museums as well. The Aviation and Space Museum is open for free for the last free admission for the last hour every day. Uh, Nat and I totally went to the Nature Museum the Thursday after we recorded this episode. It was lit. There were so many cool rocks. The Nature Museum has just so many cool rocks to look at. And even... Or even like a smaller scale mm-hmm. museum that might have that might have a collection. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a good option, um, and it also might be worth checking out uh, your local university. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, I would say, argue that most campuses probably have some sort of geology program, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of sometimes there'll be interesting displays about. Uh, and again, there's pretty much interesting. Uh, geology everywhere Mm -hmm. so just ask and see what you can find out um Mm -hmm. are there any like specific rock related like books or podcasts or like websites or tv shows or anything like that that you'd recommend for people uh that's actually a very difficult question because it all depends on what you're looking for 
I think one of my favorite channels right now is PBS Eons, which okay. is much more on the paleontology side of things, mm -hmm. uh, but they also cover uh, geological events as well. Mm -hmm. So they talk about how people like examine fossils and conclude things about nature. That one's a that one's a pretty good one if you're interested in paleontology. Mm -hmm. Information about this resource and the other ones that Nat mentions are going to be in the show notes for this episode. So just check the episode description. Uh, there's also uh, JTV, which is much more on, uh, which is actually specifically about uh, gemology. And so if you're interested mm. in the pretty shinies, mm -hmm. they have some good, they have some interesting stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, they'll go over, they'll go over uh, different, different minerals uh, and gemstones. And that one's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. I quite enjoy that. Mm -hmm. As far as podcasts and other websites though, I... I don't really know. Um, yeah, usually, usually I just go to the textbooks, <laughs> and uh, I'm not about to suggest you go out and start your rock career by paying $150 for a university grade textbook. Also, if you know anybody specifically who helps write the textbooks, just like send them an email, see if they have papers lying around that they'd like to send you copies of, because some researchers aren't super huge fans of their publisher and don't get a huge cut of any anyways. So talk to the scientists directly. Um, thank you so much for doing this with me, Nat. Um, any last words of advice, tips, tricks, fashion tips? Wear a hat if you're going outside. Ooh, good one, good one. All right, cool. And I will stop recording the computer. So Nat, once again, thank you very much for interviewing, interviewing me, me interviewing you. That's what I meant to say. It's not opposite day, as far as I'm aware. Um, and also, dear listener, thank you so, so much for being a listener. It means a lot that there are people who are actually willing to put this weird pet project of mine into their brain space and their time. So thank you again so very much. Uh, we Love Blank is an independently produced podcast that is recorded on the unceded territory of the Algonquin people. So... Um, if you'd like to support the show, send me some feedback or do anything like that. Uh, we have a Facebook group. We love blank podcast. We also have a Twitter. WLB pod is the username for that. And if you'd like to be on the show or if you'd like to support the show financially or uh, give me feedback directly, you can send me an email at we love blank podcast at gmail.com or um, just be chill. Y'all, take care of each other. Bye. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace, kicking your can all over the place, singing, we will, we will rock you. We will, we will rock you. Buddy, you're a young man, hard man, shouting in the street, take on the world someday you got blood on your face you big disgrace waving your banner all over the place singing we will we will rock you we will we will rock you buddy you're an old man poor man pleading with your eyes gonna get you some peace someday you got mud on your face you big disgrace somebody better put you back into your place we will we will rock you we will